Live from the heartland and the crossroads of America, it's Tony Katz today. That we have sent this letter, and I'm happy to announce, this is my commitment on January 20th, 2025, if I'm elected the next U.S. president, to pardon Donald J. Trump for these offenses in this federal case. And I have challenged, I have demanded that every other candidate in this race either sign this commitment to pardon on January 20th, 2025, or else to explain why they are not. That's Vivek Ramaswamy in Miami in front of the courthouse where Trump will be arraigned on these 37 counts, this 49-page indictment from the special counsel, Jack Smith, saying, I'm going to pardon. And all the other candidates need to do the same. Well, man, I didn't know Vivek was running for vice president. Son of a gun. Who knew? Who knew? Tony Katz, Tony Katz today. What is going on, everybody? Find everything at TonyKatz.com. The phone number, 833-GOT-TONY, 833-468-8669. You can't not look at this thing as just radically political, and that is the way the people are looking at it. The polling shows it. Trump's not taking hits from this. He's getting opportunity from this people see it as completely and totally political which of course a vast majority of it is and there are things in the indictment i you know i've called it damning and i I believe it is and i'll get into it regarding uh his chances for 2024 in in a general regarding how it uh, allows the left to continue uh to, to to place him and some things he did that i don't like now, are the documents that he has actually declassified? Well, is the act of taking the documents out of the White House from the president declassifying them? That's a really good question. That's a really good question. Or are we going to get into timing? Were they out of the White House while he was president? Or were they taken out of the White House or moved to him after the fact and therefore not actually declassified? This is going to be a Supreme Court conversation. But when you take a special counsel and say, go get him, go get Trump, come on, go get Trump now. When you take a Democratic Party that has been doing this for seven years, you understand that the left is never going to change and the right is disgusted and rightfully so disgusted. That's what makes conversations like this from from Chris Christie non-conversations the only thing he understands is coming right at him and making your case and if these other candidates don't want to do it the american people and republican primary voters have to start to understand this when did it when did we get to the point where we're always blaming our adversaries for the weakness of our candidates oh it's the democrats fault it's doj's fault it's this person's fault it's the media's fault how about it's his he hasn't won a damn thing since 2016 Three-time loser. 2018, we lost the House. 2020, we lost the White House. We lost the United States Senate a couple of weeks later in 2021. And in 2022, we lost two more governorships, another Senate seat, and barely took the House of Representatives when Joe Biden had the most incompetent first two years I've ever seen in my life. 
Yes, that's all true, Chris Christie. But you lost in 2016. You haven't won a thing since. And you're having this conversation on CNN, which doesn't have an audience. Me sharing this clip is a bigger audience than you got that night doing this town hall. The idea that Trump loses is where the DeSantis crowd is and others saying this is just proof that Trump can't win a general. He just can't do it. The Trump acolyte says this is just proof of the election theft and B, the deep state coming after him. And you're not getting those people to move. They're not moving. Now, as I've argued here, my problem is if Trump were to lose the primary, Trump not be the nominee, the Trump voter won't vote for DeSantis, won't vote for Tim Scott or, 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 or anybody else. They won't. That's my fear. And then Republicans lose de facto. Because they're only Trump. And I'm sorry, only Trump is not a position, just like never Trump is not a position. It is, it is a ridiculous concept. But right now, what the polling says is we see this whole thing as, as uh, political. It's gross. It's gross. And we're not going to sit here and take it. One of the things that all of these people fail to understand is America is watching and they are disgusted by what they see. Not all of them. Some of them are totally fine with the idea of a society that will actually go after somebody for political purposes and ignore what's happening with other people. They ignored Hillary Clinton. And they're ignoring what is the biggest story in America, which is Joe Biden. And this allegation coming from Senator Chuck Grassley of Iowa on the Senate floor saying that not only, not only did Joe Biden take a bribe of $5 million from Burisma and Hunter Biden take a bribe of $5 million from Burisma. This was part of the deal. This was done. This is what's on that form FD-1023 which was the interview with the uh, paid informant to the FBI, a guy who's made over $200,000 from the FBI. A guy, at least, when they were using him, saw him as a credible guy. Making these claims, this is what happened. This is what the Burisma guys told me. Well, now, Chuck Grassley is making a new claim about that form FD-1023. First, he gives a little bit of background. On a previous time on this Senate floor, I think I told my fellow senators that what's so unusual about an unclassified document being given to the public when I think it was May the 18th of this year, there was leaked to the New York Times, a classified document, and even the name of a confidential human source. So, we're kind of in a strange situation here. 
classified document can be leaked to the New York Times, but a non-classified document can't be made public to 300 million Americans if they're interested in reading it. Now, accordingly, Congress still lacks a full and complete picture with respect to what that document really says. That's why it's important that the document be made public without unnecessary redactions for the American people to see. Chuck Grassley, Senator Grassley of Iowa, is completely right there. But now, and, and by the way, this conversation about the Times can get classified documents, but we can't see an unclassified document, that's spot on. But now he gets into it. Can you believe redacting an unclassified document? So now, let me assist for the purposes of more transparency on this subject. The 1023 produced to the House Committee's redacted reference that the foreign national who allegedly bribed Joe and Hunter Biden allegedly has audio recordings of his conversation with them. 17 such recordings. According to the 1023, the foreign national possesses 15 audio recordings of phone calls between him and Hunter Biden. According to the 1023, the foreign national possesses two audio recordings of phone calls between him and then Vice President Joe Biden. These recordings were allegedly kept as a sort of insurance policy for the foreign national in case that he got into a tight spot. The 1023 also indicates that then Vice President Joe Biden may have been involved in Burisma employing Hunter Biden. Based on the facts known to the Congress and the public, it's clear that the Justice Department, the FBI, haven't nearly had the same laser focus on the Biden family. 17 audio recordings, according to the FD 1023. 15 conversations with Hunter Biden, two of them conversations with then Vice President Joe Biden. And the record indicates that then Vice President Biden may have been involved in Burisma employing Hunter Biden for cash sorry were you talking about Trump being indicted well that's cute this is the biggest story in America and if ABC NBC CBS MSNBC CNN the Washington Post the New York Times and others don't want to talk about it well they suck this is the biggest story in America This allegation, if we replace Biden with Trump and Trump was president, would bring Washington to a halt. The cars would stop driving on the streets. The Potomac would stop flowing. And everything would go into the demand for a special prosecutor to take a look into this egregious foul play bribes bribes for jobs influence 
policy decisions for money? Oh, but I already said bribes. I get you. But that's how they'd say it. We need to investigate this. And it has to be a special counsel, not the attorney general. Untouchable by the president because we need to know what happened. We demand access to all the information. How dare the FBI hold it from us? We hold the director in contempt. We hold the assistant director in contempt. We hold his sister in contempt. He doesn't have a sister. Well, find someone's sister and hold her in contempt. Let's go. If the last name was Trump, this is all we would hear. It would be the only story in America. And the truth is, it's not the only story. It's just the most important story. What did Joe Biden know and when did he know it? Well, I don't know if he remembers what he knew and when he knew it. Is his voice on a recording? Yes or no? You want to know if Trump told somebody on a recording, I didn't declassify this, check out this piece of paper? Yeah, me too. I want to know that because that's a serious issue if he's on a recording saying I didn't declassify this because then he's showing information that's, you know, classified as opposed to, hey, check this out. He's president. He can declassify anything he wants, at least when he was president. That's something I want to know. I want to know if that tape exists. I want to know if these recordings exist. I want them found. And I want to know if Joe Biden took $5 million as vice president and a $5 million payoff to his drug-addled son. A $5 million payoff to his drug-addled son in order to fire a prosecutor in Ukraine. You remember the prosecutor I remember the prosecutor. We all know what went down. We all know how it worked. We all know, he said, well, look, I I told him, you're not getting the money. You're not getting the money until uh, until the prosecutor's fired. Well, you know, uh, son of of a, you know what? Oh, did did you forget it? Did you forget it? I, I, I didn't. Um, I remember going over convincing our team, our others, to convincing us that we should be providing for loan guarantees. And I went over, I guess, the 12th, 13th time to Kiev, and uh, and I was going supposed to announce that there was another billion-dollar loan guarantee. And I had gotten a commitment from Poroshenko and from uh, Yatsenyuk that they would take action against the state prosecutor, and they didn't. So they said they had. They were walking out to press conference. Said, "No, nah, I said I'm not going to. We're not going to give you the billion dollars." They said, "You have no authority. You're not the president." The president said, "I said call him." <laughs> I said, "I'm telling you, you're not getting the billion dollars." I said, you're not getting the billion. I'm going to be leaving here. And I think it was, what, six hours? I looked, I said, I'm leaving in six hours. If the prosecutor's not fired, you're not getting the money. Oh, son of a bitch. <laughs> Got fired. And they put in place someone who was solid. Sure, solid. You mean who would do uh, Burisma's bidding? Did you get paid $5 million and your son get paid $5 million to do that? That's worthy of an investigation. And that there's no investigation is 
well, everything we've come to expect from today's politics. This story is the top story. It's not the only story, but it is the top story. And I'll be damned if I'm not going to talk about it. I'm Tony Katz. Tomorrow's National Bourbon Day. Just thought I'd bring you some good news. Yes, 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 yes. Very important uh, stuff. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today. It's good to be with you. Find everything at TonyKatz.com. After, after this week, and we're only halfway through, it's like, yes, yes, bourbon sounds glorious. It's... it's it is it is kind of nutty. I mean, it's 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 another week in 2023, and it's another Jew-hating bigot speaking on a college campus. I gift my graduation to all Palestinians who have lost their lives and those who continue to lose their lives every day due to the oppressive apartheid state of Israel, killing and torturing Palestinians as we speak. <sighs> Did I mention bourbon? Did I mention? Did I mention tomorrow's National Bourbon Day? You ask why. Over there in the House of Representatives, uh, Representative Andy Ogles, I think that's how he pronounced his name, he has introduced articles of impeachment against not only President Biden, but also Vice President Kamala Harris. Because if one thing we can all agree on, if there's one thing the country should be spared, it should be <laughs> President Kamala Harris. We need to spare ourselves from this hellscape. The uh, articles accuse Biden of having weaponized the presidency, both in his tenure as president and vice president, and accuse Biden of acting in a manner contrary to the public trust and subversive of constitutional government. So on the Harris side, it's about uh, the southern border and accusing the vice president of having, quote, extraordinary incompetence in the execution of her duties and responsibilities and an indifference to Americans suffering as a result of America's ongoing southern border crisis. Look, I get it. I get that they're not doing the job. I get that this... (laughs) Is just not enjoyable at all. That she's bad at what she does. But this is all just nonsense. You don't have anything that could happen regarding impeachment unless you have a consensus about what it is you're going to impeach about. And remember, impeachment vote in the House, trial in the Senate, that's where the removal takes place. So, these things don't actually do anything. And I actually see them as a distraction. If you showed me, like we all want to know, we want to know what happened. Don't make it up. Show us if you know it. Biden took bribes. Now you've got something. Now you've got something. But this stuff is just playing around the edges. McCarthy's not going to call it for a vote. So why are you doing it? Meanwhile, we've got some economic indicators that lead us to one question. Is the recession here? Dr. Matt Will, economist at the University of Indianapolis. He's up next.
I will freely admit to you when I don't know something. I will freely admit to you when I see something, read something, hear something that makes me go, I'm sorry, I don't know what that is. And that happened to me last night when I came across this story over there at Fox Business. Consumers pessimistic about credit as inflation expectations ease. Pessimistic about credit? What the? What the what? Inflation's getting better and we are not at ease with it? That doesn't make any sense. And what do you mean about credit? You, you're talking about loans? What is happening here? Tony Katz, Tony Katz today. It's good to be with you. Dr. Matt Will, economist at the University of Indianapolis, uh, joins us right now. And, and Dr. Will, let me say this. I did not understand what this headline meant. And so my first thought was, well, at the first, just fine. It was a story earlier today that the New York Fed saw inflation easing. And how good that was and how important that is. And the New York Fed finds that Americans' inflation worries, and I'm quoting here from Fox uh, News Business or Fox Business, their worries, quote, have reached the lowest point in over two years. And that's part of a story that led to a part two. Consumers pessimistic about credit as inflation expectations ease. Well, wait, if the inflation is going down. Why is anybody worried about anything? I thought this was the good thing. So I reached out to Dr. Matt Will with a simple text, just just this article, to which he sent me so much information. I said, we should talk right here and right now. This is actually not a good sign to you. This, uh, this sign that credit is not flowing, that's the real indicator that the recession is here. Well, or that it's here, Tony, or that it's about to be here. I mean, this report, the Consumer Expectations Report, is a very important report, but it's also very nerdy. You know, not too many people dig into it, so I'm impressed that you you found this thing and started looking into it. What it indicated is that there's a coming credit crunch. A credit crunch is actually an, an economic phrase that we talk about, and that is a squeeze on the ability of consumers and businesses to obtain credit. And this isn't, isn't just now. We've seen this. We've talked about it, Tony, not directly, but indirectly in previous conversations about Janet Yellen when she told people, told banks, stop lending money. And you may have re recall, I went nuts when I heard that because that is the, the, the fuel of the economic engine is credit. And she said, stop lending money. And I said, it's going to cause a credit crunch. And guess what, Tony? We now have a credit crunch. Now, this is from Investopedia right right here about what these terms actually mean. A credit crunch refers to a decline in lending activity by financial institutions brought on by a sudden shortage of funds. So it's an economic condition in which capital is hard to secure. Banks and other traditional financial institutions become wary of lending to individuals and corporations as they are afraid the borrowers will default. This, cause it, this causes interest rates to rise as a way to compensate for the lender taking additional risk. Now, look, I don't claim any level of, of expertise here. But it seems to me that inflation was causing interest rates to rise because you increase the interest rates to bring down the inflation. Now you're telling me when people aren't worrying about inflation, they're going to have a tougher time getting capital 
And if they do get capital, it's going to be a higher rate because the banks have to charge a higher rate because there's less capital actually to lend. Yes, Tony. I mean, the rates are going up for two different reasons. I know this is scary, but there's other reasons rates could go up as well. The first reason we've talked about, and that is to battle inflation. Put that aside. Forget about it. This report even says people are less pessimistic. Oh, Tony, they're still pessimistic, just not as much. Then bring in the credit crunch that was created by Janet Yellen. And so this credit crunch means that it's harder for you and I to get money. Banks don't want to lend. The Fed is putting rules in place. They're concerned about your risk because if there's a recession, Tony, you may not pay back your loan. Now, let me tell you something that I've heard from bankers, from the credit industry. Banks are reducing the amount of money they loan. They're reducing the amount of credit available to their customers. They're eliminating lines of credit completely. Who's stepping into the void? What we call private credit. Now, these aren't loan sharks, Tony. Don't, don't People may make an assumption. But private credit is not a bank. They're private investors, and they charge a higher rate. And that's where these higher rates are coming from, Tony, because banks are leaving the credit market. That's... Exactly where we come to the question of, is, is is this it? People looked at the inflation and they haven't seen the inflation go down. So maybe before we get into, is this it? Is this the prime indicator uh, of recession? Let's get back to what the New York Fed has said, uh, that uh, a survey of Americans uh, says, you know what? The, 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 the inflation fears, they're, they're lessening. Does that mean that inflation itself is lessening? No, Tony. In fact, you have to read the report. You saw the headline and you read the news report. If you go read the actual Fed report, which I did, they said expectations for inflation over the next 12 months are still above 4%, Tony, but they're lower than they were a year ago. But two and three and five-year expectation for inflation are higher. So the consumer believes, Tony, that inflation is here to stay for a longer period of time. And Tony, you said, you know, you alluded to, is this leading to a recession? We have a recession, Tony. Last week, and I am mad that this didn't hit the news, last week, European Union officially declared a two-quarter decline in GDP, an official recession as of last week. Yeah, that, that did not make any news anywhere. Of course, we've been inundated with news about Joe Biden. And then those who don't want to report that only want to report the indictment uh, of Donald Trump. And you know that news media only has time for the important narrative, one important narrative at a time. They can't do multiple stories about multiple things. Europe going with two negative quarters of GDP, which by definition is a, a recession. So now we get into this, this credit crunch conversation, this idea of consumers pessimistic. Shouldn't it be that the banks are pessimistic and the consumer could think that inflation is, is you know, the inflation worries are easing, so everything will be better? This is, it seems like it's an off headline from Fox Business. Shouldn't it be that the banks are freaking out? Well, Tony, it's a chicken and the egg argument because the, the banks are pulling back the credit because Janet Yellen has told them to do so. And also, they see the risk of consumers. Consumers see this pullback, so therefore, they're pessimistic about their ability to get loans. Businesses are pessimistic because they don't think they're going to be able to get loans. Tony, we saw this just a few weeks ago when U.S. auto sales, the one of the largest national used car companies, said we're no longer going to be in business and have cars on our lots because we can't get lending. 
We can't buy inventory. Tony, what if you go to the store and you can't find anything on the shelf because the store can't get credit to buy inventory? Whoa, whoa, whoa. take a take a take a step back because this I missed. Who said they they're who said they're keeping cars on the lot because they can't get anybody to lend? U.S. Auto Sales. It's it's one of the largest national companies for used cars. They announced and and I you know we have a screenshot of it. They put it on their web. You can go to their website. It's still up there that they told all their dealerships to send all their employees home, that they could no longer get what's called floor funding. That's the financing to put cars on the floor from their credit uh, their credit providers. This was big news. Well, it was big news in the financial press, but again, the mainstream media isn't covering this, Tony. There's actually a headline uh, from uh, 11 Alive, it's called, 11alive.com. Employees of U.S. auto sales shocked when asked to leave work as dealership abruptly closed, dealerships abruptly closed in the Southeast. Yes. That's, that seems very odd. So we're talking to Dr. Matt Will, economist at the University of Indianapolis. The idea that a bank won't lend to somebody, is this because the person trying to buy doesn't have any credit? Or they don't feel it's sufficient credit. Well, Tony, it's not an all or nothing. It's a spectrum. And so what you see is that banks are cutting back the total amount of credit they're offering. They're not completely eliminating. They're just reducing it in certain places. Why? Because their margins aren't that big to begin with, Tony. They're not making massive amounts of profit. And so they have to cut back where they're concerned about risk. Think about it, Tony. If you're a bank, isn't a, a loan lending to a used car dealership, isn't that kind of risky when you see the price of used cars going down as we've seen, you know, after they went up dramatically and therefore, will I get my money back if I'm a bank? Again, that's just one of many examples, Tony, that are coming from your example that you sent Wouldn't me Wouldn't I go the other way with it? The price is coming down, so it'll be easier for these people to pay it off because it costs less. That well, seems like an inverse conversation. Tony, why is the price coming down? Because of lack of demand. That's why the price is coming. Why is there a lack of demand? Because people don't have the money to buy cars. You got to connect the dots. There's a lot more dots here than just, oh, prices are down. They're cheaper. I, I, I clearly, sir, have to start drinking. Um, this Because it doesn't. It doesn't actually make sense. It doesn't play. It doesn't roll trippingly off the tongue. If the car is costs less, but I'm still somebody who wants to buy the car why would the bank not want to lend me the money if I can prove I can pay it back? Well, Tony, if you can prove you can pay it back. But they're the loaning the money to you is the new problem you've identified in the article you sent me. The previous problem is, should they loan money to the dealership? Because can the dealership sell the car on their lot? That's the bigger problem, Tony. Why is the price down? The price is down because the company can't sell the car. Again, let me say that again, Tony. The prices are dropping on the lot so, because the dealer can't sell the cars. So the bank isn't going to loan them money if they can't sell I, the cars. I misunderstood because you're not talking about the end user like me who's going to buy the car. You're talking about the lot needing to finance the cars that they're buying. Yes. Well, that sucks. I don't, I don't know if that's a technical term, but it's a term I'm using right now talking to Dr. Matt Will, economist at the University of Indianapolis. So you see signs like this and you say, okay, this is the sign of a serious problem. Now we're seeing this conversation about, about again, a credit crunch. When, when we're seeing it as uh, the definition went, 
right here. A credit crunch refers to a decline in lending activity by financial institutions brought on by a sudden shortage of funds. The point I'm making is, where's the shortage of funds? A willing, a, a lack of willingness to lend is different than a lack of funds to lend. Tony, they go hand in hand because the Fed... I'm sorry, the federal, uh, the federal government through Janet Yellen has told banks to stop lending money. I'm going to repeat this until I'm blue in the face. They, she said, stop lending money. The Fed has put tighter requirements after SVB. They put tighter requirements on banks. So banks are reluctant to loan money. That's where you get the definition that you just read, Tony, about a credit crunch. Less available funds. I know this for a fact. I talked to lenders and private credit lenders and private credit people have said, they have a lot more folks knocking on their door. More Let's, businesses are knocking on the door of private credit because public credit isn't available. Let's go back to the Treasury Secretary, Janet Yellen. So these are some comments she made a few months ago. We're going back to March, being asked the questions by Senator Langford of Oklahoma. Will the deposits in every community bank in Oklahoma, regardless of their size, be fully insured now? Are they fully recovered Every bank, every community bank in Oklahoma, regardless of the size of the deposit, will they get the same treatment that SVBP just got or Signature Bank just got? A bank only gets that treatment if a majority of the FDIC board, a supermajority, a supermajority of the Fed board, and I, in consultation with the president, determine that the failure to protect uninsured depositors would create systemic risk and significant economic and financial consequences. So what is and your plan? that determination. Right. right. So, so what is your banks. plan to keep large depositors from moving their funds out of community banks into the big banks? We have seen the mergers of banks over the past decade I'm concerned you're about to accelerate that by encouraging anyone who has a large deposit in a community bank to say, we're not going to make you whole, but if you go to one of our preferred banks, we will make you whole at that point. Um, look, I mean, we're, that's certainly not something that we're encouraging. That is happening. It seems that's exactly the thing. It seems exactly the thing that she did encourage. And to your point, uh, Dr. Matt Will, here's that Reuters headline. I just found it. Yellen says U.S. banks may tighten lending and negate need for more rate hikes. That goes back to April of, of 2023. That was when I first saw that Janet Yellen and this administration are not really in the business of trying to keep us out of a recession. And they're certainly not in the business of, of protecting smaller banks. They were starting to really show the favoritism there, never mind the bailout of Silicon Valley Bank, Signature Bank in, in New York, and what we've seen from some uh, uh, of the others. But that part, that, that part two that took place in April, a month later, you're saying that was really the alarm of, hey, everybody's about to tighten, things are about to become obscene. In fact, Tony, they're not about to become, she ordered them to. She said, stop lending money. Tony, think about this. When you go to the a store to buy clothes or you buy jewelry or you buy anything for your family, they have to have inventory. They don't have tons of cash sitting around, so they get lines of credit. They borrow a little bit of money 
They make their inventory. You buy their inventory. They pay back the loans. Janet Yellen told them to stop borrowing money. Tony, nothing could be more insane for the economy than to tell people to freeze credit, credit crunch. The Fed reported that it exists. Janet Yellen ordered that it exist a few weeks ago. I do not understand it. This administration is not in touch with the reality of the economy. Dr. Matt Will, economist, University of Indianapolis. Always appreciate him being with us. Now, there's a little bit more to this conversation. I'll share that with you coming up in a little bit. Find everything, of course, at TonyKatz.com and the full video of this interview on Rumble, rumble.com slash Tony Katz. This is Tony Katz Today. It's arraignment watch, people. Donald Trump in Miami. He will be arraigned. It is the federal counts, 49-page indictment, 37 uh, counts there in the indictment. Doesn't seem to be affecting him at all. He gave the speeches. It was in South Carolina, and he was in Georgia. Uh, he's, he's going on and doing interviews. He's doing the whole thing, man. Everything that you would expect. And by the way, he's not wrong. He's not wrong. If there's one thing Trump has shown is that he's not going to show that something's bothering him. He's going to keep moving forward. And this is exactly why people love him. And don't forget, people love him. This is what the left still can't figure out. This is the part that drives them the most crazy and why they go after him even harder every single day. They can't get the people still like him. And they like him because he fights. I will get into more of it coming up. Keep it here. This is Tony Katz today. Tony Katz today.